Hello, welcome to I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. Hi, I'm Chip Chantry. Hello, Ken. And uh, what's going on, Chip? Uh, I I do want to do this. I, I, I want to have a fun episode, and we have an amazing guest. We have a fun topic. Uh, but I do want to start out. I know this is basically an audio podcast, but I think just for the people in the room, I think I need to get this off my chest. Um, I, w- I want to start with this. That is... Oh. It's quite the real enemy. Um, for for uh, everybody... Did I just say it like it's for the blind? He's got a picture, <laughs> a drawing of Ken Krantz in his hand. And he's now, he's ripping it up. He's holding it up. He's ripping it again. Now it's in quarters. He's throwing it out and he's saying, fight the real enemy. Oh, you heard that. <laughs> Sorry. You know, we uh, we maybe we'll release the video of this one, Chip. That was uh, that was yeah. such a well. Don't release the video now that I've put my other classes. <laughs> I came prepared for a rock and roll podcast, and then I was told there's no video. Love it. Way to go, guys. <laughs> we can we we can save the audio. I think it. Uh, I, I think the the tearing will uh, will suffice. Um, our our guest today, we're talking about Sinead O'Connor for those that uh, were including. And, you've, and here I am, Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> we you. have with us today, straight from Dublin. You guys could probably get her. We probably could. Oh, yes, I've, I've only done one podcast, but it sounds <laughs> delightful. <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do Sinead the whole way through. <laughs> Our guest today is uh, a stand-up comedian, author, director, and um, for whatever reason, my friend, uh, Bonnie McFarlane. You know why. (laughs) (laughs) You know a couple of things about me. I'm scared they'll get out. And uh, you recorded me saying the N-word. That is (laughs) why we're friends. And you know that, Ken. That's how how I got Chip to co-host this for so long. I keep threatening to release it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so we're we're talking. So, Bonnie, I've been wanting to get you on the show for a long time. We've had we've had your husband, Rich Voss, on a couple times, but he's he's a very a couple. A couple. Oh, my God. I would bust his balls so bad. About that. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought it was just one time, but he's like a regular <laughs> Your podcast. Friend of the show, Rich Voss. <laughs> the first, wow. the first time he did it, I, I'm, it was, uh, it was the New York Dolls episode. It was one of our first episodes. The first he does time. Love a certain brand of music. Yes. Yes. You're doing any one of nine artists he's in. <laughs> <laughs> um, Got a very s- s- uh, small playlist. We we heard uh, he was like he was trying to wrap the show up, you know, like giving us the like, all right, I've given you open micers enough of my time thing. And then we heard you yelling from like the kitchen <laughs> or something. And then he went another 25 minutes. <laughs> Yeah. What is that? What was I yelling? Like, oh, I thought we were gonna go. I don't remember, but what, yeah, what? he's like, I'm just counting my shoes. Like he doesn't want to tell me <laughs> your podcast. He's, I'll be right there. <laughs> oh, Richard. So, um, we're talking. So, uh, yeah. So, I've been wanting to get you on, but you are not as big. I'd say you're like a music fan, but I wouldn't say you're like um, like a diehard music fan. Where where well, you? I used to be very into music, just like a normal human that would go to see the the bands they liked and stuff like that. But then, when I got into comedy, it took over my life. Like I just became such a nerd of comedy, and then I just spent all my time. And then when when after I had a baby, I was like, I'm going to get back into music. This is crazy. And then I just could never quite grab the thread of it again. And now Raina's a teenager. So all we listen to is stuff that she likes, which is, you know, just so unbelievably sexual. (laughs) So (laughs) uncomfortable sitting in a car with four preteens, just like listening to Megan the Stallion. yeah, that's really funny. I think there's something there, too, because I, I uh, when I started comedy, I'd say there was uh, there was probably 10 years like I always listen to music, but there was 
probably 10 years where I didn't go to concerts nearly as much as I used to. I wasn't I seeking to, like, out new music. I used to care about what was cool and yeah. get into it and try to be sort of like a little bit on the underground of things. And um, I just stopped. It's just like comedy just <laughs> took every bit of, bit of my brain power. It's so funny. Um, Rich did a podcast last night with... Uh, his name this comic from LA that's been around for a long time and he goes to Rich he goes boy Bonnie uh, really in the beginning there we, we didn't know we were like oh but then she did it she got it she got good yeah like I was like really was that the that was the take on me Ooh, I don't know if this one's gonna make it <laughs> we're still having that conversation about Ken so yes yes no, I'm I'm definitely in the no category. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think there's anybody wondering if I'm still going to make it. Um, but he's he's performing again. He's still, <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait, so Bonnie, who who were your people when you were when you were really into it? Like, who were some of your fave favorite? I artists? mean, I mean, Madonna and Sinead. I went and saw her in in concert. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't remember now anybody else i've completely yeah see this is chip this is what happens this is what happens every, about it for a minute <laughs> every time i've tried to get her on as a guest i'll be like hey do you want to do you want to talk the beatles and she'll be like the, the beatles? beatles i don't even know beatles. who that is is it the british guys <laughs> <laughs> um should i go look it up <laughs> go, go my old journals it was it was uh the guy from uh the wings old yeah. band um, and, and there is a shame associated with not knowing about music. So then when music conversations come up, I just try to like leave the room or say, oh, well, I, where's my water? I got to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so then, this is why I don't want to do your podcast. So I'll be like outed as, you know. But you saw Sinead in concert, which is what? that street cred right there. Yeah, you, you you said you told me you saw her in concert like very shortly after she tore up the picture of the Pope on SNL. Well, I looked up the dates and I think it was, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure um, it was after because um, I was living in Edmonton at the time. That's where I saw her in Edmonton and Alberta. And she was like, well, we loved her. We dressed like her. She was just so ahead of her time. Like even just watching that documentary about her, um, she, um, she was she's dressing exactly like they dress right now. Do you know what I mean? Like she was ahead of her time on every single level. She just was cool. And then um, she was she told everyone they could come down if they like were respectful and behaved themselves. And at one point she stopped singing and stopped the concert and was like, we need to just make sure everybody's like, OK, breathing is anybody need help like she kept sort of stopping to do like wellness checks and stuff it was a great concert it was so amazing and and just like this like vibe of like kindness and we can all have fun together and stuff you know which they should do that now they so they they actually are it's becoming like a little bit of a flex ever since um Ever since that the stampede at the Travis Scott concert that, that right, killed a bunch right. of people last mm-hmm. year, there there have been now you see now you see musicians stopping to make sure everyone's all right or they see somebody in the front row who who looks like maybe they're getting pushed around too much. Right, but it's almost right. becoming like they're all caught on video. They're all you know being tweeted out and going viral, and, and then you wonder like. Oh, are they really doing it because they they're concerned yeah, yeah. or are they doing it because that's what you have to do to look good now? Um, yeah, but the, I th- I think I'll start doing it in my shows now, just like at the stand, just be like, everybody good. Nobody's like too crowded. <laughs> you guys all right? OK, there's um, no seriously, seriously, guys, please give it up for yourselves for supporting live comedy like, just do it like a very like a very serious way. I think that'd be can good. we just go like do a minute of like. How much I hate MCs. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, everyone, everyone, please calm down. Please, please, round of applause for the wait staff, please. I mean, why are they? Why? This is my, this is my, tr- I'm the headliner. And then sometimes they'll be like, one more, guys. Can we do there? Can we hang in there? It's like, I'm the one they came to see. <laughs> why are you asking them to hang in there? 
It's so offensive. It's crazy. Okay, we can go back to Sinead. <laughs> Sinead O'Connell. Um, I don't remember, like, you know, that the, um, she, uh, when she tore up the Pope thing, I remember all of us thinking that was really cool. Yeah. I don't remember so much of the backlash, although I was in Canada at the time. You know what I mean? The, like, the backlash was huge in this country. It was massive. Um, I, I, rem- I, I, I don't think I, because I was like, wow, this is like, she really got Dixie chicked. And uh, I didn't know that at the time. I, and in fact, that's, I think she came to Canada. She was touring still when all that was going down. Yeah. Well, so so the story is that um, she she was uh, a victim of child abuse. Apparently, her mom her mom was uh, physically and emotionally abusive. And the ones are, by the way, <laughs> as a mother, I'm here to just stick up for the moms a little bit. <laughs> oh, I should I say by the, the I was drinking at an early age. Okay. <laughs> The uh, the the documentary. Just for a second, while the dog. Oh yeah, we could. There's, there's a package coming. My dog will not stop. Sure. Yeah, we'll edit it. Allie. Okay. <laughs> I like that last little week one of like okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll calm he's, down. He's, he's, he's walking back to the truck now. She's like, okay, I did it. Um, so I, I should mention that the documentary Bonnie's talking about is if you want to see it, it's on Showtime. It's called Nothing Compares. Um, but so so the story with the Pope was so her her mom was very abusive of her and she grew up like a devout Catholic, like really having a relationship with her religion. All those Irish folks did, the ones that weren't Protestant. <laughs> <laughs> and, they took it so seriously they had wars about it it's like what the fuck religion is so fucked up yeah I, I feel like isn't that what most like most of the wars are yeah it's well <laughs> they get people to fight because they say it's about religion but the people that are like pulling the strings it's actually about getting war contracts or oil yeah guys I'll break it down right to like one sentence <laughs> Kind of get it live right now. You know what I mean? Like people will talk about this shit forever on YouTube or whatever. It's like thirty seconds. I'll yep. let you know what's going on. Sound bite, bang. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> wars bad. Wars. This has been wars with Bonnie McFarlane. Um, we just did a TikTok, I think. Yeah. You just say stuff, and then as I'm saying it, I'm like, Are "You a fucking idiot." Um, so, so she says the story goes, so her mom had the picture of that, of the Pope hanging on her wall. And when, when her mom died, when she dies in a car crash, when Sinead's 18 and Sinead takes the picture off the wall and says, I'm going to save this for the perfect time to destroy it. Wow. And, um, I'm sure it never occurred to her. That you know that oh, that would come on live television. Um, I know a comedy show. What? How can I really? <laughs> yeah, make this uncomfortable for everyone. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I rem. I I I can't remember if I saw it live or if I just saw the news footage the next day. But they they never. NBC has never aired it again. Yeah, they refuse. They I, I actually caught a clip of it somehow. Somebody had it on some video, but it's they really tried to bury it. I remember seeing it. I don't think I watched the actual SNL, but um, I remember us having conversations about it. Like my friends and I being like, it's her time. Let her do what she wants up there. It wasn't really about the Pope. It was about like, you know, if you're an artist and you get booked on SNL, you should be able to do what you want. Mm-hmm. No sense. I was no censorshiping even back then. <laughs> yeah, I I was I think I was like 15 or 16 when it happened and I do remember just like I just you know, like I've always had this uh healthy disrespect of authority, so I didn't even know why she was doing it, but I did think it was cool that she was yeah. doing it. Yeah, I remember thinking it was it was cool too. And well, and that was part of the problem too is because it's basically a decade before a lot of 
light was shed on the, the, the abuse. Going right. On it was like church. she knew. And it, yeah, yeah, she was ahead of her time. I'm telling you, she was just in every single way. When you watch that documentary, you're like, she could be an artist right now and still be making waves and still be, you know, but probably not. And actually, she probably she, still would get the exact same response to everything. She she would be she would be bigger. I think she'd be bigger now just because of um how accepting everybody's become of anybody that deviates from the norm. But I, right. I do think her controversies would have been just as big. Like, I, you know. Right, right. If she had done this yesterday on SNL, it would have been the most anyone's ever talked about SNL. Yes, yes, exactly. And it would be just as big, but for like four days. And then right. they would move on to the next thing right. instead of like right. a 10 year. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Taking her down forever. Mm-hmm. So the the reason well, she was honest, you know, it's like you, you, it's it's I always think about like, OK, so she's just this girl that grew up with nothing and, you know, abuse, abusive relationship. She was in a home for a while, even, wasn't mm-hmm. she? Like, yeah. Home girls. And just has this beautiful instrument, her voice and doesn't even take lessons or anything. I don't think just kind of like is able to use it and gets famous, it must be like to even just continue to be famous for as long as she did had to have been such a like a weird mental thing that she had to go through. You know what I mean? Like to go from no one giving a shit about you to then. And she's always like, oh, no one. I never wanted to be a pop star. That wasn't my goal. I like to sing. I like because it was therapy for me to sing and stuff. But um just I don't know. It's just like amazing to watch her walk out, like knowing what you know about her, like just that she's like this really honest, authentic person and walking out and doing these, you know, concerts and stuff or on TV. And she knows to look at the camera. So be like, wow, like, I don't know. It just seemed like even and, and I think she seemed older, too. She was like she was like 25 when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was tw- like even younger, like maybe maybe, maybe, it was, maybe it was younger. Yeah. That's that's yeah. crazy that that she had right. that wherewithal. She started getting famous at like nineteen. I think she yeah. had a baby at seventeen or eighteen. She mm-hmm. yeah. So during yeah. during the recording of the first album, this this is what I think is so cool about her. So while she's recording her debut album, the Lion and the Cobra, um, which is great. Yeah, it's amazing. By the way, yeah. she and I and by the way, like I never knew any of her music outside of Nothing Compares to You and a couple songs that have been on the radio. So when I went back, when we decided we were doing this and I went back and I started listening, um, mm-hmm. I was blown away by by how good it is. Um, I know. And it, it, she, it, she talks a lot in the documentary about how it all just comes out of her subconscious. And it's just like it's kind of this fascinating I would love to just hear more about her process of writing these songs and stuff. And yeah, I think even like other artists sort of took from her. Like I think Madonna did a little and yes. like definitely people. Well, it's, it's funny you mentioned Madonna because Madonna has that, uh, has that controversial video where she's up on the crucifix and there's black people in it, which upset them for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I think that was before Sinead tore up the picture of the Pope. And then Madonna came out and was like, I like you were surprised to find not a lot of artists stuck by her. Madonna was trashing her and said that she shouldn't have done that. What? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that it, is mind blowing. Well, that is even mind blowing. A couple months wow. later, Madonna was on SNL. And I guess it was kind of tongue in cheek or not, but like she sang a song. She was on SNL, sang a song and then held up a picture of the 90s own Joey Buttafuoco, literally held up a picture of Joey Buttafuoco and said, fight the real enemy, just like she did. And then right. ripped up a picture of Joey Buttafuoco, like like almost as a joke, like making light of. Right. I mean, obviously, like, like, you like idiot. Well, she, you know, Madonna would be jealous if. Someone oh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Attention for being controversial, especially something that she sort of feels like she's but she's running that ship with like bringing the Pope down, you know. But right. Madonna wasn't I, Sinead out of nowhere and is just kind of like lapping her. And yeah, yeah. No. I think Madonna's like trying to be controversial to be controversial, you know, and I think Sinead from her subconscious. <laughs> yeah, yes. I think Sinead was just such um 
had so much rage and so much anger about what was going on with children mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. that because of, her, because of her own story. Right. Right. Yeah. It was like it was like a direct line. Yeah. Yeah. So and and and, and Chip said it, she's proven right about everything. She's 10 years before the, the Catholic Church admits to covering up all this child abuse. That's what she was screaming about. And I thought it was interesting. Nobody seemed to ask her why she did it. Everybody was just so upset that she did it. Nobody was like trying to figure out why exactly she did it. And this was part of the problem, too, I think, because one of the things with Madonna trashing her, one of the things I agree with Madonna saying is like she's like, if if you if you don't like this thing, like you should talk about it and like bring light to it. So it's like she kind of did this stunt and like and, and I thought it was great, but like she did it. But like, again, people didn't know why. And it's like, oh, you just hate Catholics or you just hate whatever. And it's right, like right. if she would have been like, hey. Look what they're doing to kids here and like actually right, right, kind of voiced right, it. And, right, and people right. people might have been like, oh, maybe we should look into this rather than just like, hey, this bald chick hates the pope. You know, and it's it was just this anger that came out and she didn't really yeah. I think it was a couple of years before she really jumped in. What about when she wouldn't let she wouldn't let that guy sing uh, the national anthem before her concert? Oh, yeah, yes. that was that would. I mean, look at. You know, I mean, just look at what still goes on with the national anthem. So that actually happened um, five minutes down the road from where I am now. Uh, That happened in some the studios in Homedale, New Jersey, and it happened at the then Garden State Arts Center in Homedale, Um, which and again, look back at, at the times and she was ahead of her time. How dumb is that at the same time? Like. All of these people coming to see a show and it's like, all right, let's all stand up for the national anthem. And then here's right said Fred. Like it doesn't fit. It shouldn't. Right, yeah. right, right. Do you know what I mean, there's no reason to sing the national anthem. That, and that was her. That seemed to be her only issue with it. She just said that like um, it's it, I think she used the word square. She's like anthems. Any national anthem is square. And this is a rock and roll concert and rock and roll is anti-establishment. So why would you play this establishment song? Up right. From? And she also had a trigger for any time anyone told her to do anything. Because remember her hair? They were like, yes. oh, you got to be sexy. Yes. Yeah. They, they they told her. Oh, that's yeah. we started talking about that. So recording her first album and she was a beautiful, beautiful girl. And they told her because she had she had short hair at the time and they told her, we want you to grow your hair long, start wearing mini skirts and thigh boots and that'll be your image. And then she was like, no, we're not we're not going to do that. And she just went and shaved her head and always wore like loose clothes and just, yeah, like that went the exact opposite direction. Um, And then she gets pregnant. She gets pregnant during the recording of the album. And uh, she sees a doctor who was hired by the record company and the doctor is telling her, hey, you know, your record company put a lot of money into your album. Like you should you should get an abortion. Which is just like that. Can you imagine that happening today? Like, a, a, I mean, I'm sure it does. I don't think that it doesn't happen. Yeah, you'd think, I think that. these girls are 18. I mean, the Sinead didn't have family members around her to help make decisions. But the family members that are around teen um, superstars today are all like, do whatever they say. You know, they mm-hmm. they have a paycheck coming. You know, I don't think anybody I think it happens constantly and nobody's talking about it because everybody's fucking getting money out of it. Right. You're getting rich. Yes. They're like, do whatever. Any, I mean, like the. You know, it's I I say this with all due respect. I've had my Britney moment where people have come at me (laughs) for saying things about Britney Spears. (laughs) (laughs) This those stands are very uh, diligent. But, um, you know, she's sort of like, you know, she's obviously not completely well. We hope that she does get completely well. Mm. But her her Instagram is like enlightening in that, like. You know, she's kind of just telling it all. I, I mean, if you don't mind reading stuff that has no grammatical um, <laughs> <laughs> rules or anything followed, it's um, it's pretty fascinating. But I think that that happens for everyone. They're like, OK, we have this money train and it would have been Sinead, too, except that her family was 
gone. Yeah. And then luckily I had a boyfriend that was like seemed like in the documentary, like very supportive, helpful, not an asshole, wanted to just do whatever she wanted to do in terms of her career and stuff. You know, yeah, that was good. Yes. Um, And uh, I also think that they they picked this one artist that genuine like you hear artists say it, but I think she genuinely did not give a shit about the money or the fame. Right. No, I believe that to be true because um, she just never, she never acted upon any of those things ever. So why, you know what I mean? Like she could have, she could have lost things all along the way and she didn't care. Cause she was like, I have my voice. That's what I want. That's what I'm doing it for anyway. She, she says something real interesting uh, in an interview um, or, or I guess she she put out her uh, memoirs uh, early last year and everybody assumed that tearing up the picture of the Pope killed her career and that it was career suicide. She flipped it on its head and said, uh, I felt like having a number one record derailed my career and me tearing and me tearing that photo up put me back on the right track. Like she because right, she, she didn't want to be a super because that's the truth. It's like politicians, anybody. When once you get up there, you have to follow these certain rules or you'll never stay up there anyway. It's like very precarious. So it was probably just a she's a, an authentic person through and through. It's yeah. like she had to just go on the road and to her own fans, do her own thing, wear whatever she wanted, sing whatever she wanted. You know. she, yeah, she said that she always wanted to be a protest singer, not a pop singer, and that um, by tearing up the photo, it forced her because nobody was buying her records after that. So it forced her to earn her living performing live, which is right. where she felt that she always belonged as uh, as an artist anyway. So I thought that was I thought that was a real interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, like yeah. In, in the interviews that I saw, it was just yeah, like she seems very happy about all the things that happened to her. Like you think that it would be this big thing, like you said, she she flipped that around. She was even talking about like when like Frank Sinatra went on national TV and told her that she should get her ass kicked basically for not having the national anthem played, and she was like, it was an honor just to be threatened by Frank Sinatra. <laughs> like she just seemed. Well, with it. her dad did say something about that. I remember in the documentary. Her dad was like, "I'll kick his ass. It'll be, it'll be easy." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Joe Pesci went on Saturday Night Live. He was the host the next week, and and said if it had been her show, he'd have given her such a smack. People were so angry about that. They're, oh, they they're, were mean about her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like, that. Ooh, there's that clip of that lady of that journalist saying that. Uh, somebody was like, well, you know, she was abused as a child and she was trying to bring light to child abuse. And yeah. then the those journalists was like, well, in the case of Sinead O'Connor, child abuse was warranted. Yes. <laughs> like, I what the wild. I know. Is- I wonder what they think now when they look back on these things. Like, you know, there's so many things like the Justin Timberlake and all these things that happened in a certain where we're all swimming in the same waters, not seeing anything the way that it really is or whatever. And then you look back and you go, Oh God, I was so a part of that. Like I was taken by the media or whatever. And I wonder if they look back and go, I, we were, that was fucking shitty of us. Or if they're like, no, I believe I still hate Sinead O'Connor. I, I bet. Well, you know, you know what she would have to do to, to, uh, to muddy the waters and confuse some of those people that, that still hate her. If she would have to, uh, she have to wear like a white lives matter t-shirt. <laughs> right. Like how do you like, I'm so fascinated by people watching Fox news now versus uh, during hurricane Katrina. When, when Kanye was like, George Bush doesn't care about black people. And right. then Fox news right. branded him a racist and you know, like the devil. And, and now he's like, <laughs> now he's sitting down with Tucker He's got multiple personality disorder or some shit. You know, he's like, it's wild. He's he's definitely has some 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 mental issues that, you know, that's why I just think like this whole thing. I don't know if we're getting off on something else, but it's like. Yes, he's being anti-Semitic and it's disgusting. And but they took him off Twitter and it's just like 
the pile on that is about to happen or maybe is happening. I'm not on Twitter very often, but like, you know, it's like the guy is fucking mentally ill, you know, get him some help. Yeah, I was uh, I was just reading this thing. Um, I mean, listen, you can be mentally ill and you can hate Jews like it's not mutually exclusive. So while I do recognize there's some mental I live with there, one, so I get it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Although he would say I am mentally ill. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh yeah, I just read something today where Kanye was claiming that that there's like crisis actor children in his house. Like there's fake that that when he was living with Kim Kardashian, there were fake children planted there to keep tabs on him. And yeah, I mean, that's like, come on. Yeah, I was reading that. And I was like, oh, dosage. I don't know yeah. what, but get, get that fucking fixed, man. This guy's very ill. And and the thing is, is that this is the like Britney Spears situation. And there's all these people around him that are they don't they don't want to see him go to a mental institution or anything because that's taking money out of their pocket. They got to like, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of scrambling around trying to figure out how to fix it without actually fixing him, you know. And maybe that's the thing about Sinead O'Connor, too, because I, I don't think she had a whole lot of people around her to do that. Right. Right. It wasn't that kind of a situation. She was so on her own at that point, you know, just her and her boyfriend and her kid. And she was di- at one point she was diagnosed as bipolar. And then she was told years later that she wasn't bipolar, which, first of all, what an emotional roller coaster that would be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was real down about it. And then yeah. you know, and then everything was great. So uh, that may, I think that was just sort of they were testing her. And then she was diagnosed with complex post-traumatic stress disorder and borderline personality disorder, which borderline personality disorder. I mean, like that's like that's rough. That's, is it, what does that's that mean? Is it, does Ken have it? Does that mean you don't have a personality? Yeah. Pr- no, <laughs> On the it's border like, of having one. Yeah. Borderline is like it's it's. And I, again, I, this is a year since I had my psych studies, but it's like it's it's pretty rough. It's hard to like deal with. And it's just like you kind of and I'll get this wrong, but like basically the kind of almost like burn down every relationship you have. Like when something's good, you want to destroy it. It's like it's it's rough. And like you can see that with her, like throughout the years of like, right. you know, she has these ups and downs and all these different relationships. And it's like it's a tough thing. Yeah, she's, she's still trying to unravel her childhood. Probably. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. There's on Dr. Phil a couple of years ago. I mean, if that's not. Oh, my God. Right there, I mean. That's where, you know, she doesn't have people around her. Helping yeah. If she's going to Dr. make Phil. decisions with her. <laughs> You're like, um, yeah. Doctor Phil is the opposite of authentic. Okay, yes, of mental health. <laughs> she, uh, you were talking about. She's still unraveling her childhood. I think that the the child abuse thing was like so front and center in her mind that she couldn't see anything else. So I, I I'm reading these old interviews with her in Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them was right at the time. That Mike Tyson was arrested. Uh, what he w- he was arrested for raping that lady, and um, so you would think, like, because she was such a uh, feminist icon, you'd think Sinead would be on the side of uh, the accuser, mm-hmm. but she uh, she was not. She was she was very pro Tyson. Um, wow, that is some wild. Yes. Uh, well, she was a big boxing fan, right? I think that's what it was, right? <laughs> she oh, I, I no, basically, she loved his hair. <laughs> basically what, what, what she was saying was, um, that he had such a horrible childhood that he never stood a chance. And, um, it almost reads like she's saying, even if he did rape her, he was just working something out. Right. Uh, well, she's identifying with the part of him that was abused, as was she. So she's saying, like, if you're abused, you will have a lot of problems in life. Yeah. Here, here's here's what she said that that's interesting. She says, uh, if he looks for solace in the arms of lots of women, what do you expect him to do? And that woman suing him is a bitch. I don't care if he did rape her. 
He should learn about himself and why and why he behaves like that. But equally, she should look at herself and look at the disgrace she's making of women. Look at what she's trying to do to him by trying to get money off him and going around on chat shows. Oh, my God. Wow. You know what? It's wild because wow. like just take a beat because that sounds so crazy to our ears now. Yeah. Right. But it's like we were all living under this blanket of like, hey, don't go to someone's hotel room. I remember saying that same shit yeah. like you don't go to someone's hotel room. You know what they want. You know what I mean? It's like. Mm-hmm all these like famous people that sort of like got accused. I don't know that I was on the right side of everything. Cause I, cause we were being we, drugged. Yeah. We were <laughs> conditioned. Programmed society yeah. then. It was weird. And you look back now and with clear eyes and you go, that's crazy. But at the time you're kind of like, you're as misogynistic as the next guy. Cause that's just way, the way the world you were living in. Yeah. Yeah. And I do. And I do recognize like, we like the, these, these are the remarks of probably a 23, 24 yeah, year old. Right. You know, he doesn't understand. Like even the word rape probably doesn't quite register. You know, for a long time, I just sort of thought of it as someone taking your clothes off. <laughs> I didn't think about it. I know. Yeah. I didn't think about it as like a violent. Well, that's act. that's that's uh, because you grew up in Canada. It's like Canadian rapes, just more polite. I mean, come on. <laughs> can you please, if you don't mind, get those knickers off, eh? I don't know why I made a Canadian accent British. Um, I thought this was interesting. So when when the the um, national anthem controversy happened, and she started getting banned from all these playlists, uh, and uh, radio stations. I'm sorry. Um, Radio stations across the country dropped her. And then I was reading that the only one, pretty much the only uh, radio station that continued playing her was Armed Forces Radio. Really? Was there a reason? Yeah, they said um, uh, Armed Forces Radio continued playing O'Connor's music, stating our position for music is if it's a song that's popular and goes up the charts with various audiences in the U.S., that's what we play. We don't ban artists. Wow. Nice. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I, I like forces. Thought, you know what? Let him sing the national anthem. Before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now I feel like by, they are fighting for our rights. God damn yeah. it. By the way, I've, I've been, I've been to that venue. Literally. I've seen hundreds of concerts in that very same venue. Hundreds. I've, they've never once played the national anthem. I've never I wonder heard if it. she was a part of that being stopped. like shutting it down. Like now she won. Really? I think maybe um, I think maybe ownership changed hands or something because uh, they even have the owner of the venue uh, in the documentary. That's like we, you know, in this country, we play the national anthem right. before rock. Concerts. Right. It might have been just one venue. Yeah. Not every venue did it. Well, obviously not every venue did it because. Then she would have had problems before and after, you know? Right. So. Um, yeah, I don't ever remember going to a show and having the national anthem played. I, I can't think uh, of one. But I'm going to start doing it before my comedy show. <laughs> no, I'm going to stand. I'm going to do. That would be great when the, when the DJ asks what song you want to come out to. Yeah. yeah. National anthem. One time I was doing a show where I was like, I don't know. I don't remember. I go, this is the greatest country in the world, except for, and I listed like, you know, a hundred countries and uh, <laughs> just listen, you know, and this guy goes, you better get somebody to walk you to your car. I was like, Oh my God. Like I'm being threatened because of this joke. It's, it's so weird. The, the things that really get people going, you know, it's like they've been brainwashed since birth that this is so, so, so important. It really is. It's it's like this immediate uh, immediate reaction to this. And let's be honest, it's not even that good a song. It's not like a banger. Does it? <laughs> it's not. It's very difficult to sing, as we've seen many times over. Um, <laughs> I've never seen a good remix, like a dance track or anything. Yeah, I would like to see a, a, a yeah a good remix. No, it's a terrible song. It's it's the words are not good. The Tune is not good. I'm about to be canceled. Cut this, edit this part out. 
Oh, no, uh, no, no, no. You're okay. Nobody listens to this. So you're fine. You're fine. You're good. We, we've worked very hard to make sure that happens. Oh, Ken would send this somewhere just to make sure I went down. I, I'm not trying. You're you're my only hope of anything ever happening for me. I'm not taking you out. Okay. <laughs> I won't even release this episode if I thought it hurt me. <laughs> I, I do. I think it's interesting that um, the first time she's booked on SNL, she won't go on because Andrew Dice Clay is the host. Oh, that's oh, right. I, they didn't even talk about that. Yeah. In the doc. yeah so she I remember, that I now, remember yeah. Nora Dunn, who was a cast member, also refused to work that night. So yeah. Sinead O'Connor pulled out saying, um, you know, uh, it, it, she said it would be nonsensical of SNL to expect a woman to perform songs about a woman's experience after a monologue by Andrew Dice Clay. Wow, Which, that's so, great, actually. That's and pretty cool. Come on, Lorne, or whoever's booking that. Like, yes, who puts weird, that show together? Yes, that's not a, yeah. that's you not wanted something. You wanted her to back out. Yes, you know? yes, yeah. But I remember at the time, and this is before I started doing comedy, um, pretty sure. What year was that? It was ninety two. Yeah, so before I started doing comedy, and but I remember like also thinking like, oh, stop being a baby. Just what like they're just jokes. Who cares? Yeah. You know, I probably never even like heard a set of Andrew Dice Clay by that point, but I was already like on the side of comedians. You know, but it is now. I'm not now. I agree with her, <laughs> but it is weird because it's like. You know, she, it is. It's like it's like listening to what she said about it is perfect. Like she's not like saying don't watch Andrew Dice Clay. She's just saying like, hey, I'm not a good person to be on the show. With yes. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I never got that information. Do you know what I mean? Like that part of it never got to me. Yeah. In terms of media. Yeah. I um, I do think it's it's interesting though, like how she holds that position. Like I'm not going to appear on a show with Andrew Dice Clay. I'm not going to follow him. But then also like, hey, let Mike Tyson work out his childhood trauma, even if it means raping people. Right. Like if right. Tyson was hosting that week, she'd be cool with it. Okay. <laughs> right. But you know what? I know because I want to defend Sinead so hard right now. But like, I think it was like she was young Yeah, she's from this very, you know, misogynistic country. I don't know. She's got to make a few stumbles along the way. You know, I don't I bet she doesn't think that now. No, no, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. not. What if we got her on the phone? She's like, "Oh no, I still believe that bitch was." A <laughs> by the way, by the way, uh, I, 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 uh, I happen to agree with. Like, I never believed that Tyson raped that lady. It, it right. I, I, I never believed it. So uh, I don't remember all the details of it, but. Well, I, I know I know there was a very strong anti her sentiment going on that I was like, just body surfing that. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's a bitch. I remember thinking that about so many people. And then, you know, you're like, it, it is. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, God, like even Monica Lewinsky. I'm like, I think back. Oh, I'm we like, making- oh, God, we were so horrible to her and she didn't even do yep. anything. I was horrible to her, but I also like I did jokes about how fucking crazy it was that people didn't think like that people blamed her for the situation. You know, it did. See, I was like, I my my stance on it was maybe a little off, but I was like, here's this like, you know, chubby 19 year old. The president wants to fuck like who's who's going to say no to that? You know, come on. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was that was weird, too. I remember hearing a joke from Chris Rock pretty recently that was on like legends on Sirius or something. He should ask them to take it off, honestly, because it was like he was blaming Hillary for it. For yes. Oh, God, I remember that. Bit. This was in the middle of the you know, this this was probably a bit from, you know, when it was on one of his specials. Yeah. And he was like, get down on your knees, you know, about Hillary, yeah. you know. You're you're his, you know, you're the reason he's stepping out. You better get in there and work that shaft or I don't know what it was. It was like disgusting. It was like horrifying. I was driving. I was like, 
<laughs> Gross. But at the time, every you know, people were like, "Yeah, that's hilarious." And like, and that might not be the the best uh, take today, but like, also whoever that station is that's still playing Lewinsky <laughs> jokes in twenty twenty two, it's like, is there some Dan Quayle material after that? Like, like I mean, they- well, it's funny because like whoever's programming that, are they doing that on purpose to sort of like get a rise? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, because it doesn't seem like a joke that you would, ch- unless the person programming it is like, oh, this is funny. Like, they still have that opinion of things, you know? Yeah. Maybe. Not everybody's changed their opinion. Yeah. That's that's a that's a weird one to hang on to for 30 years, though. Uh, and people hate Hillary so much that they're going to blame her for literally fucking everything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, look, look, if you drink baby's blood, you're going to get some flack. You know what I mean? Even though she sources it humanely, but <laughs> it's they're free range babies. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> do do you remember, Bonnie, do you remember when you saw her? Was there any kind of um, any type of protests or, or people? She It was pure love and. She wanted everyone to have a good time. She spoke a lot, like between songs. She'd tell you like sort of a little something about the song, which I don't remember um, any of that. But I just remember an overall feeling of like she really wanted everyone to have a good time and get along with other everyone else. It was like a very like kumbaya kind of like thing where she wanted, you know, be kind to your neighbor, be respectful of the person next to you. Don't push, don't shove, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know. And she had to keep asking the security guards to let people onto the floor because they were not wanting to do it. And she kept sort of being like she could see people trying to because she invited people down and then she could see people trying to get over and the security guards stopping them. Um, my friend and I, we went down there. We were like. Because <laughs> <laughs> in, in the in the documentary, you see after the national anthem controversy, um, you see people like you just saw like this fat American girl with a handful of tiny American flags that were like, well, if she oh, hates right. the flag so much, I'm going to go to the concert and, and wave these around and see how she likes it. And it's like, yeah, there, right. was, there was none of that going on. I mean, it was Canada. It was yeah. Edmonton. Well, we I didn't, were, I didn't know. I don't know if they, I don't know how big a deal the Pope is in Canada. I mean, I guess it, we just don't We're you know, honestly, it's changing a little bit, but, um, Canadians just don't do anything that big. You know what I mean? Like, yes, there might've been some grumblings of people, but are they going, you know, getting their winter clothes on and going out and standing? (laughs) It's too cold cold to be mad about shit. That's hilarious. Right. Right. That's why also it was probably like safe, you know, everyone had these fucking big winter coats with them and shit. You you know you know what cracked me up though it's like first off you you think you're going to prove a point to Sinead O'Connor by buying a ticket to her concert so so money you've put money in her pocket and they probably confiscated your little flags at the door because you can't go into concerts with anything so now now you're just standing on the floor at a Sinead concert show to show her how outraged you are by her. I think that girl was going to stand outside, I thought. Oh, oh, maybe, uh, maybe. You know, like what? Okay. Yeah, like Sinead's going to come waltzing in through the front entrance with <laughs> with her. I, I did read where she said that she would occasionally, like, put on a wig and a, and sunglasses and go to some of the protests about her. Just, oh, just wow. to see what That's they were. That's got to be very surreal, right? Like, I... Can you imagine her getting caught in there? That's yeah, be yeah, comes yeah. Off. That's that's got to be. Uh, that's that had to have been uh, scary. I I, I like when um, like they showed uh, somebody got the bulldozer to run over all the CDs. But again, it's mm-hmm. like you you bought those CDs, right? Yeah. Right, they're already sold. They're already the money's in her pocket, and now you're just destroying your own property. That's happened a bunch Dixie of times. The Dixie Chicks thing was the same thing. Like the what? The what thing? The Dixie Chicks. Yeah, exactly. Like, do you think anybody has ever rented a bulldozer and done that and look back years later and still thinks it's a good idea? 
Like yeah. there can't be anybody yeah. who's like, that was, we did the right thing. I know, but I think people are, they don't change. People are like, I'd do it again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know. Oh, for you sure. Think about this country. We're going to fucking take care of matters into our own hands. You know, yeah. I do a lot of voices, you guys. This is <laughs> it's, it's really just a yeah. showcase. I did, I did British, yeah. Canadian, mm-hmm. Irish, and now indiscriminate American. Yeah, just for the listeners at home, there's only three of us here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All those female voices and two of the males are Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, I, one thing I don't know if they I didn't get to see that documentary, but I, I watched some other things. Did they get into the Prince thing a lot? Oh, no, they, they the didn't even mention the, the Prince thing, oh. but that's that's good. That's good to bring up. Yeah. So and there's been conflicting reports over the years, but like basically she Prince invited her over because, you know, she obviously recorded Nothing Compares to You, her biggest song. He wrote that, but he didn't have anything to do with the recording, I think. And then. He, she was basically like summoned to his house and she claims that like he got violent with her or at least alluded to it and then denied it years later, but then said it again years later. Yeah. What yeah. She she claimed that um, he chased her around and kind of held her against her will and wanted to have a pillow fight. And she finally relented. I don't think Sinead O'Connor's your girl if you're looking for a pillow fight. You know what I mean? Right. She does well, not see that kind of light and airy. <laughs> Are you kidding me? She's, and then apparently there was something in the in pillow. In the pillow, though, yeah. Like, like, like something hard in the pillow. Like he was going to actually hurt her with it. And then there was also something too where apparently like one, like one of his assistants kept trying to serve her soup. And like yes. she didn't want soup, but like he, he kept bringing out soup. And it's like, this is the weirdest. It's like, like right, is, is he trying like to poison her? Situation sort yeah, of thing. It's, it's really weird. Like soup. At a, like I've been to Ken's house a couple of times and there's always soup and pillow fights. But like that, <laughs> you know what you're getting into. When you I mean, there. you go, OK, Prince, it's going to be like a weird thing. But that weird, that's too much. Yeah. And then he was also it's so funny. Why would you do it to Sinead after everything you know about Sinead? Like wouldn't you be like, she's not the one. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like Carmen Electra, maybe she's a little more, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me pull this with Sheila E, but maybe not. Uh, It's funny you say that about Cosby because she claims that he also uh, summoned her there to lecture her about cursing too much, about cursing in interviews. This is so fascinating. He's been known to do that. And I've heard him do that. I've heard other comedians like first person accounts say that he did that to them. Mm-hmm. And he just is a, I mean, it's wild to be raping women behind the scenes and then telling people not to curse. I mean, it's just like mind blowing. And then how is he reconciling that? It's so weird. It's because it's like that you have to put yourself on, I guess, such a pedestal and that you're so in like the right or a god yeah, like i'm right so like i have to just to like you know you know he doth protest too much you know it's like it's like one of those things where it's like i have to go so far the other way oh to god. make you think yeah I'm, please I'm, don't say what, the f word while i'm raping you yeah. <laughs> well, but, but even even like prince did that too to to Sinead. yeah he he was like he, part of the reason he caught her over prince was like i don't like when you curse in interviews like, oh prince my god Fucking yeah. God. Yeah. And excuse and excuse me why I go change change my assless pants. But uh, please don't say the B word. I watched this, I watched this documentary on, you know, a cult, whatever. I can't remember. It, it Nexium or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the guy, he was explaining at one point that he sees women as children. Like you have to treat them like children. They're like children, their brains are like children. And I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense of how. People have treated me like this gaslighting thing that's gone on where they're nice to you, but they're also super condescending. I'm actually having this situation right now with someone I'm working with. And so they don't see it like that. So they don't see like shit. It makes sense. Like if Prince is a guy who sees women as children, of course, he's going to say, don't curse. What are you doing? You know, that's so wild. Yeah. Yeah. Don't curse. And now let's have a pillow fight. And then, yeah, and then see the theory holds. Yeah, and eat this fucking soup. Yeah, 
Yeah. Do you want to get big like your mom? Come on. But there's clearly something. uh, There's still some animosity, I guess, because Prince's estate would not give this documentary. They wouldn't give her the rights to nothing compares to you. So it's it's her biggest song. And it's nowhere in the documentary, even even when and that that video was so groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they threatened the documentary with legal action or whatever, if they even mentioned it, because it's not even mentioned in there. No, it, it the very. Uh, no, no. It says we couldn't use the um, at the very end. It says yeah. that we they wouldn't let us use it. But there's not, no mention of her even like going to his house or. No, no. The, so I wonder if they were threatened. The Maybe because the, the statement I read about it was actually pretty polite. They were like, hey, we asked Prince's estate for permission to use the song. They said, no, that's completely within their rights. And uh, we think it works more powerful anyway, because they just have like some ambient music playing when they show clips of the video. The, the close-ups of her face. Right, right, right. And they were like, we actually think it's more powerful this way. But it is crazy that like... They don't think it's more powerful. They're... they're, right, they're of, being- of course they wanted the song. Um, but Prince's sister claims they didn't give it to her because um, they're about to reissue some Prince albums and I guess that song's going to be on there so they didn't want anything. Right, right. They're... they're see? They're- and, and she said... Um, she said that Prince has the definitive version of that song anyway, which I don't, I don't agree with. I think Sinead, Sinead's yeah. got the be so much better. I would, I would even say uh, Chris Cornell's version is better, better than the than Prince Prince's. version. Oh. Yeah. I, by the way, that song still haunts me to this day because obviously it was world famous and it was super huge. I was in, I think, seventh or eighth grade, and that was like the big song. And we were at a middle school dance, and my friends tried to get me up the courage to ask a girl to dance, like for the first time. And I remember it was during that song, and I just walked around the like the cafeteria where the dance was the entire time, summoning the courage to ask this girl to dance, and never did. So oh, uh, nothing compares to you. It's just about my failure as, as a loser, as a seventh. Grade. Oh, <laughs> trust me, trust me. I, yes, I know. Nothing I compares fight with myself every in night. a bad way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I think. Uh, I think we. Not really that mean. That was one of my characters. <laughs> <laughs> that was her American voice. That was like. Um, well, I think that's, I think we about, we about covered it all. This is how you end your podcast? How how are you? I know you have a much more successful. It's the the lightning round. Yeah. We we usually have a pillow fight, but we're on Zoom. (laughs) Some unresolved print stuff and then you're done. (laughs) Oh, you know what did I liked? I did like in the documentary how like this would never happen. Like every single interview was about her bald head. Like I they, know. They couldn't. I know. She, and they were still like, oh, you're not attractive anymore. Like, I mean, what's it like to not be a beautiful woman anymore? It's like, Jesus. I First of all, I think the bald, she looked better with the bald head. I think she looked like more beautiful, cooler. Yeah, I mean, she she was she was definitely uh, beautiful enough to, to pull it off. Um, I mean, but there's 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 videos of her. With hair, you know, like with it short, yeah. like it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the only thing she did, um, but it was the, it was just a montage of interviewers. And, and then one guy was like, I don't really want to ask you about your bald head. And she was like, well, you don't have to. And then right. he was like, oh, but everybody here is thinking it. And if I don't say it, um, you know, then then they're going to wonder yeah, what's and wrong what was his me. question. Like, why do you have a bald head? Or <laughs> I mean, yeah, what, what kind like, of questions? Well, everybody wants to know what uh, what trimmers did you use? <laughs> it it rem- it reminded me of um you know that that uh, we were talking about it off air before, but that that clip that went viral of the comedian getting the beer can thrown at her. Yeah, yeah. I I auditioned for that club once and uh, I was going to say that clip. I was like, I I auditioned for that club and it it didn't go well. But um, 
I well, that's the thing that's so funny because this club is in New Jersey. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, whatever. Oh, it's it's fifteen minutes from me. Yeah, and um, it's just like you know, I was trying to talk about it on our podcast, my podcast. My wife hates me, and uh, thanks, Ken. Um, and uh, um, Rich wouldn't say anything bad about the club because oh. he worked. Uh, well, when of course when, it happened there, yes, of course, it's of just course. Like, well, there's no no other club doesn't have a liquor light. Like every other club is a liquor license. You can't. Yes, walk it would have been a bottle. You can't. You wouldn't be. No, you don't. Nobody hands. Nobody gives you a bottle at a. It, it would have come in a. Oh right, right. Would have come in right. a cup or a glass. But it was in a. It was in a can. Yeah, because it was somebody just brought it in with them. But when right. it looked what, like a pounder too, like it was a big yeah. can, I think. Yeah. Right. Right. When I auditioned for them, there was an there was an Indian comic also auditioning, and I don't remember any of his jokes. I just remember he had smart, funny, actual material, and and he was like a newer comic. He he seemed like ahead of where he should have been material right. wise. Oh, those fucking Indians, man! They're always <laughs> like, oh, succeeding. <laughs> and and the owner after your audition sits you down and gives you notes and tells you you know, what he thinks. Uh, and even though I don't think anybody asked him to do that, but um, he he said to this kid, he was like, listen, you're wasting your time with the You're wasting your time with this material. He said, <laughs> everybody's, everybody's looking at you thinking, hey, that guy's Indian and you're not even addressing it. You should be doing jokes about working at a gas station or owning oh, a 7-Eleven. God. Yeah, because that's, we have, we, uh, we're filled up with Trump supporters every night. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's basically what he's saying. Like, look, but it, it always stuck. Better, you're going to get a beer can thrown at you. But he was like, everyone's going to be thinking it. And I was like, I don't know that everybody is going to be thinking that. It's so weird. It's so weird, people. He, that owner... Um, we did uh, the roast of maybe it was Jim Florentine. I don't remember who we were roasting. And it was at it was at um, it was at this old comic, uh, uh, the comics club, that old club that no longer exists there in New York. And he had to get on the dais, so, you know, so he gets on the dais. He bombed so fucking bad. It was Terrific. I mean, I just, I, I never felt so much elation in my life. I fucking go down so hard. <laughs> I was like, great set. <laughs> There's nothing better than watching that, right? Like watching somebody who just watching somebody. Well, because he's such a, he's like, like you said, he, he's telling you how to do comedy all the time. And he's like, you know, He's just he would never let me headline there. You know, he, he's just like this weird. He thinks he knows everything about comedy. And then, um, you know, just watching. He's just thinking he can do it. Like seeing him before the roast and seeing him after the roast was fucking, you know, is like. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, that really is great. Um, did he do, did he do jokes about being Italian? Cause I'm sure that's what everybody in the room was thinking. If he didn't do that, yeah. that's probably, right. I think, I think yeah. he actually did do that. <laughs> so Bonnie's like, he, he, he for sure. It did not go over well. <laughs> jokes about being an uncle. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Bonnie, thank you so much. Thank yeah, you thank so you much for coming me. on. Well, um, this was marginally fun, and that's um, what we're that's we'll what we're it. going for. We're we'll we're going it, yeah. for a marginally fun uh, podcast. <laughs> a moderately good time. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where where can people find you? I mean, uh, on like Twitter, wherever at McFarlane, and Instagram at Bonnie McFarlane, and I will post. And I'm at the stand a lot. So check out their website. Um, and uh, that's that. And listen to My Wife Hates Me. Oh, My Wife Hates Me. Yeah. Good. Great. Google me up. Do what you got to do. Chip, anything? 
Uh, just at Chip Chantry. Uh, I'll be at Helium this week with Kurt Braunohler, so uh, in Philly. And uh, I'll be at Sellersville Theater with Gary Goleman uh, next week. So, uh, oh, two goodies. Yeah, two good ones. Yeah, two good ones. And, oh, and I'll be at uh, Wisecrackers in Wilkesboro on uh, the 27th, 28th. How about you, Kenneth? Uh, just Ken Krantz comic. I don't know. I think just, I, it was, it wasn't that sad. It's like, just don't, <laughs> guys don't follow him. I don't know. I don't. Comic. You guys don't. are already here. You're already related. Yeah, to me, just so. please, please follow me. <laughs> don't. I don't care if you don't. Whatever. I'm Ken. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's been Sinead O'Connor. See you next week.